Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Laughlin. Welcome to Pirates Talk, presented by Jag One Physical Therapy. This podcast is dedicated to the men's and women's basketball programs at Seton Hall University. It's hard to believe, but this is the fourth season of the podcast. It's been a labor of love, and it's been incredibly rewarding for me, and I hope for you, the listener. As we begin the fourth season, the subject in today's show will not be what's going on on the court, but rather something that has rapidly and radically changed the rules of engagement in college athletics. Through the Name, Image, and Likeness Initiative, athletes can now make money legally while playing college sports. Last month at Basketball Media Day on the South Orange campus, men's basketball coach Shaheen Holloway was asked about how the transfer portal works. Players can now move from team to team more easily than ever. His response was revealing in what it said about NIL. Things I want to say I can't say about it, um, it's tough, right? It's, it's you know, you got to get guys that kind of fit who you are and what you're about, right? Um, you can't just go out and try to get the best guys in the portal because, you know, that's not realistic. It's not life, especially with name, image, and likeness. You know, everybody want to get paid. I'll be honest with you guys. Everybody want to get paid. You know, everybody want, you know, you know to, to go somewhere where it's, it's not fit no more. It's kind of, you know, you know how much can you, can you pay me? Right. Uh, so it's a wild, wild west is what, it, is what it is, to be totally honest with you. It is a brave new world, and it's one in which Seton Hall must compete to maintain a successful athletic program. In May, the university hired Mike McBride as Deputy Athletics Director for Revenue Generation, NIL, and Strategic Initiatives to lead the hall in this area. He joins me on Pirates Talk after this message from Jag One Physical Therapy. A proud sponsor of Seton Hall Athletics, Jag One Physical Therapy gets you back to the life you love. Voted the number one physical therapy company based on first-class patient care and outcomes, Jag One Physical Therapy is invested in your full recovery. Your preferred in-network rehabilitation provider, Jag One Physical Therapy, has convenient locations throughout New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. For more information and to find a location near you, visit www.jagonept.com. Mike McBride, welcome to Pirates Talk. Thanks very much for your time. I've got to ask you, what is your path? What's your background? And and what led you to Seton Hall? Matt, thank you. First of all, thanks for having me on the show. And and, uh, thank you to all your your, uh, fans that listen to the show. And and, uh, I can't wait to to dig into all these topics. And appreciate you giving me the opportunity to be part of it. So uh, thank you for that. Um, Background. Yeah, so... I'm not a Seton Hall an alum, which is, uh, you know, a little bit of a rarity here in the hallways. And, and uh, you know, that doesn't mean that I don't uh, bleed blue now. And it doesn't mean that I'm not uh, part of the fabric and family that uh, is around me. And, and I might not have been an alum, but I got here as fast as I could. So uh, happy to be part of the Seton Hall family, happy to be part of Brian uh, Felt's staff. Um, but the journey getting here is, is you know, unique and, and, and a fun story to tell. I I've been involved in, in athletics uh, literally my entire life. Um, and then, you know, after college, um, yeah, it, there was no other path for me other than staying in college athletics. And, you know, if you look at my uh, 20 plus years, 25 plus years, it's really split down the middle, uh, either physically on a campus or working in the private sector involved uh, with campuses, either uh, pitching, selling or consulting or working with them. So my entire my entire adult life and even before that has always been involved in athletics and more specifically college athletics. Um, 
on the campus side, I've, you know, I've been really fortunate to be part of some, some great organizations and, and departments. I worked at UCLA for a long time. And, you know, uh, a lot of people talk about their educational backgrounds. I, I always equated my work experiences as my degrees. And, you know, I, I always tell people, uh, you know, receive my my work undergrad degree from UCLA because uh, I learned the, the foundation. The foundation I still operate off today was really learned during those times. It was a great experience. And then, you know, I, I've had the opportunity to work in the SEC at Auburn under Jay Jacobs, um, still a, a very close friend of mine and a, and a mentor. Talk to him all the time. And, and you know, what I learned in the SEC is uh, forever going to be with me and I'll be able to utilize uh, some of the some of the experiences I had there. And then uh, the other campus experience has University of Houston. Uh, it, you know, that was the first time I was able to to work for a friend. You know, the athletic director and I there have been friends for a long time. And uh, Chris Chris Pez was doing a, a lot of great things at University of Houston. And uh, that was a, a great deal of, of, of great experiences. You know, at that time, they were in the American Conference. And being part of that team that built uh, the strategy to get us into a power five and, and, you know, just be part of all those conversations. It's uh, some experiences that uh, I'm very fortunate to have have and, and uh, able to take with me the next step. And, and then now I'm at Seton hall on the private sector uh, scattered in between those. Cause I keep going from private to college. I want to be in college, uh, uh, but you know, private sector uh, lures you away from time to time, but on the, on the private side, um, I spent a, a long time, a long career, nine years with uh, Under Armour, uh, all on the collegiate side of the business. Um, and man, I, I talk about that work uh, degree kind of correlation. That's where I got my uh, PhD. I mean, having uh, Kevin Plank as the founder and CEO of Under Armour hold weekly. When I first started there, he would hold our weekly marketing meetings. And I mean, that was a, that was a crash course in getting a PhD in, in business. And uh, so fortunate to, to have that experience on my belt. And, and then I've also worked for... Um, Riddell, a, a company that uh, was 90 some years old and uh, so far advanced and and how they operated and and uh, everyone worked from their homes long before technology allowed you to work from your homes and um, uh, had a great the president of that organization who was unfortunately no longer with us at the time he you know he took me under his wing I was a young guy in my 20s and he he taught me uh, how to run a business and uh, you know how how to work with people and and it is a great experience so I, I've had this this wide range of experiences, both in the private side and the collegiate side, small, big, middle size programs and organizations. Uh, I worked at MGM Resorts International, 85,000 employees, global company. I mean, it was, you know, a massive moving uh, uh, company that, you know, did big, big, big things. And so, you know, I have, I have all these different experiences um, that kind of make me a little bit of a unique collegiate hire and, uh I'm very fortunate and happy that uh, Brian Felton, Pat Lines, and 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 Joe were able to to meet with me and talk with me and, and uh, find an opportunity for us to work together. So, for you, what was the attraction to Seton Hall? I understand, based on what you just told us, why Seton Hall would identify you as someone to lead this uh, new world, if you will. But why Seton Hall? Yeah. So, I want to be in college athletics. Um, and, and I'm not a young guy anymore. And, and when you when you start uh, advancing in your career, you begin to understand who you are as an individual. You begin to understand what's important to you. And for me, uh, identified a few things. Uh, you know, I want to be in an environment that I'm valued. I want to be in an environment that I fit culturally. I want to be uh, around people I enjoy, um, people that I want to work for. Um, and I want to be 
uh, in the situation that I get to build. Um, and Seton Hall delivered all those things. Uh, my wife's family's, you know, uh, throughout New Jersey and, and uh, all the other boxes were checked. And so that I was super intrigued. Now, what people may or may not know is I've, I've been part of Seton Hall since 2014 in one capacity or another. I, when I was at Under Armour, um, uh, I led the team in the effort to go sign several programs in this area, Seton Hall being one of them. And, uh, you know, at that time, my role was to uh, identify targets, close them, turn them over to a rep and, and move on to the next um, collegiate property that we we're going after, uh, working on the direction of my boss. Um, but when I when I signed Seton Hall, I, I kept it. Um, I, I kept it on for a daily as a daily rep because I enjoyed the people here and I, I developed a, a really authentic friendship and relationship with so many of the people here, including uh, you know, the individuals that ultimately hired me. So um, I was comfortable uh, coming to Seton Hall because I knew the people. I knew that they, they would be able to deliver on the, the things that, you know, would would make me thrive and, and provide opportunities for me to be successful. Um, so I, I jumped at it, you know, and I wanted to be back in college campus. And this this was an opportunity to build something. This is an open ended podcast we can talk for hours we're not on a station we can record all we want but i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna ask you to give the synopsis if you will of nil i think many of us think uh, we know what it is how did it start how did it get to the point where it is so critically important not only to well, collegiate athletics but specifically seton hall yeah well matt if, if you or any of your uh, listeners are are true experts in NIL, please give me a call. You know, it, it, you know, it's, it's funny. You know, you go to, you get on Twitter, you read the articles, um, you know, you, you, you go to these websites and, you know, you see so many experts in NIL and it's just, it's puzzling to me. It, you know, how can you be an expert, in something that's, it's so new and brand new and had not existed prior. Yeah. I mean, NIL in, in some ways has existed for decades on a professional side, but you know, the environment of collegiate athletics is so unique. Um, um, I, I really don't believe anybody's an expert and, and I, you know, it's just a, a pure learning, pr um, process for everyone involved. And, um, you know, I feel like I was on the front end, you know, on, on the, on the early adopter of, of NIL as, as legislature and NCA was discussing it, uh, I delved into it and I, I feel like I, you know, I have a great understanding, but to, to call myself or anyone else for them to call themselves a, an expert is, is interesting to me, but NIL in a nutshell. So, um, the NCA decided that um, student athletes, just like every other student on the campus, would have an opportunity to monetize their name, image, and likeness. You know, um, you know some of the more innocent uh, pre-NIL stories about athletes that were, you know, knitting hats and, and mittens for to raise money for their sister's, uh, you know, illness, or you know, uh, uh, athletes that that had unique skills uh, beyond the court or field. Uh, that just weren't allowed to monetize those opportunities. Well, the NCA rightfully decided that student athletes should not be treated any differently than the regular student body, and they should have the opportunity to be able to monetize their name, image, and likeness. That was all well and good, and 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 I think you know they should be applauded for taking that step. Student athletes shouldn't be uh, held back in their ability to 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 make uh, money through through other means, other uh, other than post college careers. So. Um, and now, in essence, it's just allowing student athletes 
to use their name, image, and likeness in ways to monetize it. I mean, that's the simplest form that it can be boiled down to. Um, I think, uh, you know, the wisdom at the time when they made that decision to make those changes in the rules, uh, it was completely, uh, you know, put in the right effort and, 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 and done the right way and, and for the right reasons. Um, unfortunately, my opinion is that they probably didn't put enough guardrails in place and didn't uh, uh, launch it with a uh, predetermined set of processes for, for an hour. And unfortunately, I think you have uh, a ton of variations across the country and how it's interpreted uh, in some of that confusion is because you have, you know, seven proposed federal bills that are seven federal level bills that have not been proposed yet. You have 31, I think the last count is 31, 31 states that have bills that either have been proposed, voted on, or in place, voted on, and, and will take place in the future, uh, proposed and being, being uh, sorted through as we speak. And so you have all these different layers, and you have the NCA that has guidelines that um, you know, are just that, guidelines. And underneath there, you have universities that put in uh, guidelines and policies and procedures. Um, so there's, you know, I think the intent was phenomenal, allowing student athletes to have an opportunity to monetize their name, image, and likeness. Um, but, you know, kind of unfortunate where we are, it's perhaps not as not being executed and how it was originally envisioned. There's no question that it will be different 10 years from now. But right now, many coaches use the term oh. wild, wild west. And Matt, it'll be different in four months. <laughs> Good, because it's so crazy and the rumors are rife. And, and I, you know, listen. Who, because of the interest in college athletics, people are going to talk to people, et cetera, et cetera, and want to be first with breaking news and this, that, and the other thing. But the stories you hear and who's doing what and getting what, you're like, I'm not sure where the truth begins uh, and the falsehoods uh, begin. You know, where truth ends and falsehoods begin. It's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, unfortunately for media, um, right now the, the general public should not believe anything they read about NIL. Um, you know, it's unfortunate for media because media is just reporting exactly what they're being told by individuals. But if, if you just take a second and look at all the individuals that are providing the information in these, you know, interviews and, and clinics and conventions and, and sessions, the information being provided because there's no official way to check and balance it or, 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 or quantify it, the, the information being told is beneficial to the individual telling it, mm -hmm. you know, or there's reasons to inflate numbers. There's reasons to suppress numbers. There's reasons to not tell number, you know, and if all you have to look, look at who's giving you the quote and why are they saying what they're saying? Well, it's, it's probably going to be self-serving and beneficial to their specific task needs that they're, that they're up against. Um, um, you know, you haven't asked this yet, but it, my personal opinion is first and foremost, we need some sort of clearinghouse. You know, there's got to be some way that information can be submitted, whitewashed and, and given back to institutions or um, collectives so that they're able to have an educated understanding of where we are in the marketplace. Um, you know, right now, uh, there's there's no in my opinion, there's no real rhyme or reason on the dollar figures that we're seeing being given to these athletes other than, you know, some athletes have, uh, you know, great representation and, and, and negotiation skills to, to be able to go out and get these bigger deals. And, you know, very, very, very few athletes right now today are truly getting an IL in the, in the fashion that the NCA intended it to be. Uh, yeah. It's, it's going to be fascinating as things uh, evolve in, in this field. And, and again, I understand it. I, I, I really do, but 
it's it's just wild. But it, good good point you bring up that the information oftentimes is designed to benefit a person or an institution, and uh, you know that that's not always that's not always the best, right? I mean, you got to consider the source. All right, so on to Seton Hall. Uh, one of the initiatives that that uh, has uh, that has just started. Tell me a little bit about Onward Setonia. What is that all about? Yeah, let's uh, let's take a, a half step back and just kind of tell you how we arrived there. So, and and I've told this story before, but you know it, it needs to be retold, retold, retold. So I get on, I I get hired here at Seton Hall, and I kept hearing this narrative. I read the narrative on 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 different uh, message boards and 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 articles that were written, um, talking about we were behind. We, you know, I gotta I'll be honest with you, man. I was a little upset by that because I I came on board and I didn't see anything to indicate we were behind. I didn't see a single aspect of what Brian felt and the team here did that quote put them behind. And so, you know, I took a little offense to that because I felt like the team here had done everything in their power to place Seton Hall in a position for success, including hiring uh, not necessarily me, but hiring this role. Uh, I, I think when when Brian made the decision to hire this role. Uh, and I, I carry the traditional title of deputy AD, but you know the truth is that everything that everyone wants to talk about at this moment in time is NIL. So, you know, the focus in this first six months has been all NIL. So, even the hiring of this role was a really progressive uh, step for Seton Hall. So, we need to erase this narrative that at any point in time Seton Hall was behind. It was never ever behind. And I, I would be honest with people if we were. Um, sure, there was opportunities for us to get better and, and opportunities for us to to communicate better and and, and tell our story in, in a stronger point of view. So all those things were areas that I could approve upon pretty quickly. But my first step was to v- figure out internally who understood what NIL was, what, what, what was the roles and what are the expectations of our team and staff in, internally. Um, and there, you know, admittedly, there was some confusion there and, 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 you know, individual departments may not have understood what they were permitted and not permitted to do. And in their defense, the the guidelines from NCAA had changed so rapidly over, you know, the first year and a half. And and so getting the internal part of the house organized was my first priority. And I was able to get that done. And, and we're, we're really we're really humming in, in, a, in a unison right now. We're we're working well together. Uh, then my next step was to figure out what the external side of this looked like. And I think our fan base understands that there were two existing entities. There was this hall hands on deck and there was hall ball. And, you know, I came in from the outside. I had no preconceived notions or understanding of either group. I got to know Eric Liebler and Mike Walsh very well over those next few months, um, the last couple of months, actually. And so um, first and foremost, you know, the, the Seton Hall community and the fans and the athletes should thank Eric Liebler because he was the very first alumni to step up, step forward and say, hey, uh, you don't have uh, an organized NIL. I want to help you there. And he created Hallball and, and he did a phenomenal job. You know, it was, almost, you know, it's not his expertise. It's not his area of, of um, you know, he has a full time company he runs. And and so he did a lot for Seton Hall over that first 18 months. And then Mike Walsh, same thing. You know, he, he's not even an alum. He's just he diehard, you know, Seton Hall pirate fan. And he steps up. And, and starts organizing from his point of view. So we had these two entities, Hall Hands on Deck and Hall Ball. And, and Matt, I got to be honest, when I first got here, I thought, great, we have two great entities. We're just going to run with them. Uh, but over the, you know, a couple months of working with both groups individually and trying to figure it out, what I, what I realized was Seton Hall athletics, Seton Hall student athletes, and Seton Hall community needed a singular voice. 
Um, there was too much of a fragmented um, outward communication from the two different groups. Uh, their ultimate goals were exactly the same, which was great. Uh, but just the, 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 the strategies they had put in place were unique and different from each other and the way they're going about it. And what I finally arrived at is that we need a singular voice. And so sat down with some stakeholders and tried to figure out uh, what would that look like? How would it be structured? And what we arrived at was Onward Suetonia. So Onward Suetonia is the only um, place for student athlete NIL activity for Seton Hall. All hands on deck has has gone away. Hall ball has gone away. Um, both Eric Lieber and Mike Walsh, who ran those individual groups, have joined Onward Suetonia in a very specific uh, capacity and role. They're very important to the success of Onward uh, Suetonia. Uh, but then we have identified three individuals to be our advisors. Uh, Onward Suetonia is, is basically ran by these three advisors, and that's Matt Regan, that's Jerry Walker, and that's Mike Frangillo. Three alum that are well-known, well-established, um, want to do what's best for our student athletes. Um, two of them were former student athletes here at Seton Hall. One of them is, you know, comes from a le legendary lineage and had been part of Seton Hall from basically the day he was born. So, you know, through what, what better, it'd be hard pressed to find three better individuals to run Onward Suetonia for us. So Onward Suetonia is the singular voice for Seton Hall student athletes, Seton Hall uh, community, Seton Hall uh, athletic department on all things related to NIL. So is it a matter of fans, alums contacting you, the university, Onward Suetonia, making a donation? I know you're running events. That seems to be something very important to you. So tell us how the revenue is generated for Onward Suetonia. Yeah. So first and foremost, generating, generating a NIL fund to activate with our student athletes is absolutely crucial right now. Um, uh, there's, there's a lot of individuals I've talked to, you know, quite literally probably 200, 250 people since I've, I've come on board about, uh, NIL and the, the, the response has been pretty consistent. Unfortunately, it's been consistently that they're, they're not big fans of it. Um, but I, I take that as a challenge of educating our community. So NIL is here. It's not going to go any away anytime soon. You might see some variations and growth of it and changes over the over the years, but it's here. Uh, our student athletes are going to have opportunities to monetize their name, image, likeness going forward. If we do not create a strategy plan to support that, we then truly will fall behind. But so far, we've been able to uh, put some processes in place that have been supportive of our student athletes, and we have a strategy going forward that will hopefully. Uh, create a foundation that is sustainable for a long time to come for our student athletes to maximize their name, image, and likeness. So Onward Suetonia offers right now three different types of way that individuals can contribute to the fund. The first is that they can do one-time contributions. You simply go onto the website, hit the give button, and you contribute money into the fund. The second way is through subscriptions, same type of format. You go in, you subscribe, it's a monthly payment, and there's benefits that you receive for that. And then the third way is events. I like to call them experiences. So uh, I, it's my personal opinion that the day of going to individuals and asking them for money time and time again, I think those days are, are you know, probably uh, lessening and, and the opportunities are probably going to get less for us. So what I want to do is I want to create experiences and I want to create opportunities for individuals to participate in what we're about 
uh, in a way that they they receive value, but then we also, uh, through those experiences, receive funding. So um, we've put together an, an insanely robust, um, you know, getting pushed back that it might be too much, but uh, I'd rather start with too much and pull back than, than start with too little. But we're putting together a, a really large amount of events um, that, you know, we think are unique experiences for our community. You don't even have to be an alum to enjoy these events. Um, and we think that these events will create a, a nice foundation for us as far as uh, funding. We also think our annual subscription and the benefits those individuals receive will create a nice foundation for us. And then, as always, we'll be soliciting and asking for contributions from, from our community. So we think those three uh, means will, will create an overall fund that will be sustainable for us. Um, and these experiences uh, that we're creating, they're not just going to be targeted after one segment of our community. So we've kind of developed a strategy where we've identified six geographical regions across the country. Obviously, the, the New York, New Jersey, greater metro, and we're including the shore in that uh, area is one. And, and the most important, then we've identified Philly, D.C., the state of Florida, um, uh, Houston, Las Vegas, and Los Angeles as uh, the other area. So we'll be holding events in those geographical regions. We'll be holding events that hit all kinds of uh, economic levels for our community. Uh, you know, there'll be lower price points to get in. We'll have some free events. And then we'll also have some uh, big ticket, uh, bigger ticket items as well. And then the third thing is we're trying to create events that hit across a wide range of, uh, of demographics of age. So one of the common concerns I've heard is that uh, we're, you know, had in the past and maybe only solicited a certain age level of, of our community. Well, we're not going to do that from onwards to You know, we're going to, you know, create some, some events that, uh, you know, may be more attractive to a, a different age demographic that we have in the past. So excuse me, geography, age, economic uh, events all throughout the year, uh, experiences for individuals, direct contributions, subscriptions. Those are the three main ways you can give to onwards to before we move on to the next question, though, Matt, that is one piece of the puzzle. The other piece of the puzzle uh, is, you know, probably going to fall heavily on my shoulders is trying to figure out our corporate strategy. So how do we get corporations involved? How do we how do we uh, engage in this? I mean, how how beneficial is it that we sit here and, you know, perhaps one of the largest areas in the population in the world, uh, you know, everything starts and ends in this area of the, of the country. Um, you know, the, the amount of companies and resources are just right down the road. So, um, you know, probably about, uh, I don't know, three, four weeks ago, we started engaging and reaching out to corporations and educating them on the opportunities that are in front of them and why, why they should be investing in our student athletes. So uh, long-term, the money that is going to fund this NIL it's, it's going to come from the corporate side and there's no there's a handful of schools um, that are like us that are positioned in a very uh, beneficial geographical region as, as we are. So uh, we think the future is really, really bright for us in that area. But in the meantime, it's going to have to come from our community of donors and supporters through events, contributions and subscriptions. Broad based. And I love it. And that way you'll get sustaining contributions and a revenue stream rather than just focusing on a couple of traditional ways, which is awesome. Uh, I love to hear that. I'm sure those who are listening do as well. Uh, I just want to go back to something, two things actually you said. One is the perception that Seton Hall is behind, and you found that absolutely not to be true. It's probably born out of the fact that people are just 
scared, right? Fans are like, my goodness, how do we compete here? This is a new world. Can we compete? The success that we've had in our athletic programs, is it going to be sustained? Or are these athletes just saying, hey, I'm going to the highest bidder? So I think those are comforting words that when you say Seton Hall is not behind. How does Seton Hall, though, fit in the overall picture in the Big East? Do you compare yourself to whatever? We won't necessarily mention the schools. We know who they are. Or, or do you want to be at the top, avoid the bottom, settle for the middle? What's the what's the focus? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a phenomenal question. And it's, it's a question that I get asked and every time I'm in a conversation with a, a fan or supporter. Um, you know, how I've been handling that question is simply stating that Seton Hall is exactly where it needs to be, and we're striving to get better every single day. Um, you know, I think when you, for me, our, our sample set is the Big East. Um, you know, I, I'm not, and me personally, I'm not comparing ourselves to some other conferences and other teams. I, I'm focused on the Big East. And unfortunately for us, there's no, there is no singular uh, clearinghouse where I can just pull a database and say to you, hey, Matt, we're exactly in this position in these categories uh, for when it comes in. Oh, it just doesn't exist. So we're, we're left to our relationships, our friendships, what we're hearing in the hallways, what we're hearing uh, from the athletes. And, you know, I think there are definitely some biggies programs that uh, have a quote, larger war chest. I think there's some programs that have a smaller war chest. I think we're, we're in a solid place. I think we want to get bigger and better. There's no question about that. We're going to do that. Um, one of the one of the things that I've been communicating to a few of the the various media personnel that or people that I've, I've spoken to is the the clearest way to understand if a school is frustrated is listening to your student athletes and your coaches. And you know, to the credit of our student athletes and our coaches, there has not been a ton of grumbling. And that, to me, is the biggest indicator of where we are. You know, if if we were if we were underfunded, or if we were truly behind then there'd be grumblings and there hasn't happened. That hasn't happened yet. Now, um, do we, do we want to grow? Absolutely. Do we need to grow? We have to. And, um, you know, we're working hard to, to get to where we need to so that we can provide our student athletes the best opportunity we can through NIL. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if we're in the top three, bottom three, middle three. I honestly truly can't answer that question, but I, I feel confident that uh, we're exactly where we need to be. And one thing that you mentioned in, in reaching out to people, their reluctance, their concern about making a contribution here, I would think it's because for the longest time, that was not the way you operated. We knew that and know that things happened in the shadows, but you weren't directly asked to, some, I guess, were, but the reality is most alums and fans were not asked to make a direct payment. And it probably seems to many people that that's what I'm doing. I'm paying for player yeah. a on the soccer team or the basketball team, men and women's. And I think that's probably among the, the biggest barriers you have to break through in explaining to people, not only the reality of the situation, but why that old school notion has to kind of uh, be softened and yeah. go away. I mean, four years ago, if you gave uh, an athlete, an opportunity to make some money, you were banned as a, as a, as a donor from mm -hmm. being with the, with the athletic department of campus. So, yeah, I mean, you have decades or lifelong um, rules in place that banned you from that. And now, you know, all of a sudden we're saying not only can uh, you generate opportunities for these student athletes to make money, but we want you to do that as a donor through, through these collectives. So <laughs> it is confusing. Um, you know, I think, 
I think the task for Onward Satoni is to, to educate our community, educate our fan base of what NIO is, why you should support it, and then how you should support it. So, and I, and I was a little bit surprised, but we've discovered that a lot of our fan base think that student athletes, uh, whether it's our place or others, is just receiving this money. You know, here you go, athlete X, you know, here's, here's your money. That's not the case. Um, you know, there, there are every single athlete must execute um, activities in order to receive funding. It, you know, it's just not a, 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 a flow of money from A to, a to, or a to B. It's, you know, there's, a, there's contracts in place. There's uh, execution of, of activities that have to be compliant. Um, and then the athletes, and for us, uh, a lot of our focus has been in the community and, and, and the charitable side. Uh, what we try to do is have, on, you know, Onward Satonia try to, to work with our student athletes to execute um, NIL activations that also support the community. Um, so, you know, our kids are, are very involved in the community to begin with. And then this, the, the NIL and the Onward Satonia just kind of amplifies those opportunities for our student athletes to get involved in the community. So, uh, the money raised by Onward Satonia is issued to the athletes through NIL compliant activation. So, um, you know, I think that's important for our fan base to to understand. I was a little surprised to to hear some of our supporters uh, not not understand that. But you know, these kids are not just receiving money out of the out of the blue. It's it's a uh, it's all uh, contractual and it's all through compliant uh, means. A few more questions uh, for you, Mike, and and I know you've gotten to know Danny Giuseffi quite well. He's a good friend of mine. He's a great friend of Seton Hall, and as you know, his Pirate Crew uh, website through setonhall.rivals.com is must-read for all Seton Hall fans, and he was really the one who kind of put this together. Uh, I, I knew that you had been hired. I, I knew you would be a very good guest to get, but then he kind of put everything in motion. So uh, I thank him for that publicly, but also a lot of his readers came up with some questions and you've answered a bunch of them during the course of the conversation, but there's still a few that you didn't touch upon. So how about we end it with that? Yeah, that, that'd be great. I mean, let me touch on uh, Hall Dan for a second. So when I came on board, you know, again, I'm not an alum. I didn't go to, you know, I wasn't part of this community day to day. And and uh, Hall Dan was one of the first guys to reach out and, and, and genuinely welcomed me to the family and, and, and welcomed me. And he, under, he explained to me what he does for, for the university and how he uh, monitors and manages the, uh, I think it's called the Pirate Crew and, and the Trove. And so, um, uh, as you thank him for putting this together, I thank him as well because, uh, you know, it's individuals like Hall Dan that, uh, you know, make this thing run. And so, uh, you know, I applaud him for being a supporter of Seton Hall for, for so long. Yeah, he's an alum and a proud alum at that. And uh, he's he's just a, a terrific guy and a big supporter of the program and, and loves uh, Seton Hall from A to Z. So, again, a lot of the questions were answered in, in the course of our conversation. But one here is, how do we get folks with a larger pedigree involved? And this person was speaking specifically about People have made their name in basketball after coming out of Seton Hall. So the names he mentions, Adrian Griffin, Arturis Karnishevis, oh. Samuel D'Alembert. I threw in Mark Bryant because that's kind of my time at Seton Hall, yeah. but all very successful Setonians. Yeah, all great names and all, you know, all great contributors to what has made Seton Hall great. Um, you know, I'll, I'll answer that in, in a broad way. So in the, the Seton Hall campus, you know, you have enrollment you have alumni you have advancement you have pirate blue 
you have Anwar Satonia, all these groups are, are working cohesively together to, to grow Seton Hall as a whole. And, um, you know, everyone uh, that hears this can be rest assured that every single individual that you can possibly think of has been engaged, has been contacted. They are involved in the level that they feel most comfortable with, including the names that you just mentioned. Um, so every, there are there is involvement from from our uh, past greats. There is engagement. There's interaction. Um, it, you know, most individuals don't want any public um, notice or public uh, interest in, in what their involvement is with their alma mater. So, and that's that's perfectly fine, and we respect that. So, um, we we as a campus do a great job of engaging and interacting. And sometimes that just doesn't make it to the public and, and that's okay. Um, but there is room for, for growth and there's room for opportunity for us to get better. Um, and I, for one, would love to tell those stories more often. You know, I'd like to be able to tell about the, the uh, quiet conversations that we've had with individuals that have contributed in, in a meaningful way. Um, uh, but yeah, so, I think that answered those guys' questions, mm -hmm. you know, those individuals being involved. Absolutely. So how do you explain to potential donors which fund to give to you? You mentioned Pirate yeah. Blue, Onward Setonia. How yeah. should a donor view those two entities? Yeah, and, and there's more. You yeah. know, you got the an office, you have your individual schools that the advancement works with. And, you know, and that's that's a legitimate question and it's a fair question. And I've, I've answered it pretty consistently when I'm engaged with individuals. I say, you should give to what is meaningful to you. Um, they're all important and we, we need support across all those areas. And, and uh, our, our internal teams across the campus have worked very well together. We're in constant communication. Uh, we have an understanding of who's interacting with whom and, and what uh, the asks may be or what the interest from the individual may be. So, um, you know, selfishly, I would love for you to give onwards to Tony because I personally believe that that, you know, will end the end result will be a more sustainable program for our athletics department. And that would, you know, in turn raise the funds for all the other areas. But, you know, I, whatever the individual feels is most important to them, I think they should give. And I just know that, you know, for Onward Sotonia, that money is going um, directly to our student athletes through NIL opportunities and is supporting these young men and women uh, to, to grow, uh, not only from a sports perspective, but as a, as a, their, their personal growth. And I, I guess we should make it clear because most folks think it's basketball only, but all no. programs and athletes will benefit from this. Correct. Yeah. And I, I got it. Yeah. And I got to tell you some of the more exciting stories that we've had here are not involving our men's basketball athletes. I mean, our, you know, our softball team had a great run, uh, uh, this past season, they had great success on the field that resulted in companies recognizing our student athletes as as viable marketing opportunities. And, you know, our, our, our great uh, pitcher did, did, you know, some deals. Our, our swim team is extremely active. Our cross country team is really active. Um, so, you know, they're just not uh, they just unfortunately haven't been headline grabbing uh, opportunities. And, and that's that's changing. So onwards to Tony, if you go, we have a new section and we are now promoting all of our student athletes and what they're doing in NIO. And I think fans would be very pleasantly surprised to see some of the fun things and, and um, fun ways that our athletes are monetizing uh, their name, image and likeness. Um, but men's basketball is crucially important to mm -hmm. the success 
of this athletic department. Uh, and, you know, I think justifiably it receives most of the headlines. But uh, Onward to Tony is not a men's basketball specific uh, organization. It, it is uh, to grow and benefit and educate all of our student athletes. Last couple. Uh, when will personalized jerseys be available for purchase? Someone asks. Man, uh, not soon enough. So uh, I'm happy to, to announce that um, our partners at uh, G3 have, have uh, negotiated a, a partnership with a provider and manufacturer. Um, honestly, they should have been on sale already. Uh, that falls on uh, the back end getting set up on our website. So I would I would see um, our our community would be able to purchase um, student athlete jerseys. Uh, so our men's and basketball programs will be first. Man, soon, very very soon. Uh, you know, from the time this podcast gets released, it might be within two weeks. And then the next phase of that, it will be. Uh, individual personalized jerseys, but we want to roll out our student athlete jerseys first. Um, so uh, very, very close. Honestly, it's just uh, getting the back end on onwards to Tony is set up so that uh, everyone has a smooth transaction. And then the athlete gets a portion of the proceeds. Is that how it works? So everything you see being uh, sold through onwards to Tony's site and uh, everyone can please keep checking it because we're adding more and more and more every week. I uh, wish I could launch them all right now, but uh, the amount of things that we have in the pipeline that's coming coming up, it's going to be fun for our fans to to engage and purchase. So everything sold on Onward Suetonia's site, um, a percentage is going directly to uh, Onward Suetonia's fund that then funds NIL opportunities for gotcha. student athletes and or there's an and or and or goes directly to the athlete and that'll be noted on on most of the uh, descriptions if it goes if 100 percent of the proceeds go directly to an individual athlete it'll be noted as such for example uh breaking news just today i mean just uh two hours ago i think it was we launched um on on kadari's behalf we launched a cook's corner graphic team and uh it's a really fun t-shirt and all of those proceeds will go to him uh it the proceeds will not go to Onward Satonia, it'll go directly to him because that's a licensed item for him. Created by way, created by one of our um, students uh, here at Seton Hall, a, a great young man who's been helping us on a lot of fronts, uh, Mason. And Mason's done a great job of helping us uh, every day, but he, he also created that logo for uh, for Kadari's Cook's Corner. That's awesome. Uh, so, and what's what's the website? Give give the location. Yeah, where people so, go. yeah just go to yeah, onwardsatonia.com. And once you're there, go to Marketplace, and that'll be where we load up all of the opportunities for our community to purchase items that are either directly benefiting our Suetonius fund or and or directly uh, uh, positively impacting our student-athletes. Mike, this went much longer than I thought, but it's been fascinating, so I appreciate your time. I do have to ask this last one before we began the interview. I said this question that uh, came from uh, one of uh, Hall Dan's readers on on Pirate Crew uh, – had this question as someone who went through Catholic grammar school, high school, and a graduate of Seton hall and whose children have all graduated from Catholic grammar school. This question stood out. Any chance of a 50, 50 raffle for onward Setonia <laughs> at home games? You know, I got to tell you, Matt, the, the most important thing when, when, uh, you know, I take a new position is I understand the culture and the community. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I grew up Irish Catholic, so I, I fully understand the importance of 50-50 raffles. <laughs> um, 
you know, so uh, the short answer is yes, Seton Hall community, we're going to have uh, raffle opportunities. Now, in-game 50-50 raffle, we have passed on that opportunity for this season. There's a long laundry list reason why. Uh, but, um, you know, we're going to pass on that opportunity for this particular season. But we are going to operate um, traditional and non-traditional raffles throughout the, the year through Onward Sotonia. It just won't be your uh, traditional 50-50 at the, at the uh, ball games. But it, it, it was one of the first things. I'm not lying to you. Just yesterday, I raced it off my dry erase board, and it literally was number one on my dry erase board notes to do, to work on, was a 50-50 raffle. So um, we, we, heard, we heard the cry loud and, and clearly, and, and we understand the importance for this community to have the raffles. Uh, so we'll have, we'll have some opportunities for people. Fair enough. Mike, on that note, we'll wrap things up. I, I do appreciate the enormous amount of time that you've given to me. I think the conversation justified it. The information that you've given has been critical. I think it provides a greater understanding to those, quite frankly, including myself, who didn't quite fully get the whole NIL thing. Uh, and I think it's been a great service, and I wish you continued success in your role. It's important for Seton Hall to succeed in this area, as we know. And I think we're off to a fantastic start. Yeah, Matt, please encourage all your uh, listeners to go follow Onward Tony on all the social platforms. Have our website earmarked, uh, 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 saved on your page. Um, we're, we're moving fast. We're building a lot of fun things for our community to get involved in. And we just need our, uh, you need everyone just to, to be engaged and, and help us grow this thing. And that will do it for this edition of Pirates Talk presented by Jag One Physical Therapy. Call it the wild, wild west as Coach Shaheen Holloway has, or simply call it reality. NIL is here to stay. And Seton Hall's success in navigating that landscape is crucial to maintaining a successful athletics program. Mike McBride's task is to guide the Hall through those waters, and I thank him for his time. But there is only so much he can do. The school's alumni and supporters must do their part as well. If Seton Hall is to maintain a competitive athletics program, Failure is not an option. For more information, go to onwardsetonia.com to discover more about NIL and what you can do to help. Again, that's onwardsetonia.com. I also want to thank Dan Giuseffi, Paul Dan, who runs the Pirate Crew website, for his help in linking me to Mike. Pirate Crew is a fantastic website devoted to Seton Hall Athletics, basketball in particular, it is a subscription-based site, but the cost is nominal and well worth it for the true pirate fan. You can find out more and subscribe at seatonhall.rivals.com. Special thanks as always to Pat Christensen, our audio engineer and the writer and performer of the Pirates Talk team. His work on the show is invaluable. And thanks to you for your company. It is very much appreciated. Until next time, be well and go Pirates!